Hi, I'm Brenna, and you're listening to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, a podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy! Welcome to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, the podcast. I'm Jenny Detweiler. Well, friends, I'm so glad you joined me for today's podcast episode. It was a real joy to get to talk to my friend, Bethany Guthrie. And although we know each other in real life and see each other pretty frequently, although not now during the quarantine, it was really fun to have her on the podcast and share our conversation with you today. Today, you'll hear us talk about all kinds of things from gardening to homesteading to raising chickens to parenting to music to the autism spectrum. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I came away from it really encouraged. With that, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Okay, so tell me, what have you guys been up to during the quarantine? Um, I've been delving into my, um, well, we, my husband and I, have been delving into our dreams of homesteading. So we've yeah. really expanded our chicken activities and our gardening activities. And so we have... We have one acre yard <laughs> right um, in Mountain View. And so we have a lot of room to play with, like, I guess, compared to a lot of people in Hickory. Um, and so I've incubated chicken eggs and then we, you know, and then we've hatched some and then I've had some coming in the mail and I got another chicken coop for my birthday. And What have you had coming in the chicks. mail? <gasps> oh, um, I did not know you could order those in the mail. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the, and see they hatch and then they ship them overnight in these secure little nice boxes. Cause you know, the day after they hatch, they don't have to eat. So they have this nice little cardboard box with like plenty of, you know, ventilation, but still warm for them. Cause they like bunch together yeah. and they have this like absorbent padding on the bottom and, and, and then, you know, when they come, they might be stressed out. So you got to really like rehydrate them and give them, you know, electrolytes and feed them and get them under the heat lamp. But uh, I've done that uh, twice already. I've ordered from Meyer Hatchery. They're really great. You um, just blew my mind. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. I always drive into the tractor supply or. Yeah. I went and tractor supply will get there. They'll get. Oh, yeah. They'll get the straight run and pull it mixed up and they'll get the breeds mixed up. At, um, but if you or if you go to Shook Poultry in Claremont, they they're really good, too. Okay. Um, well, that blew my mind. That's really fun. I'm going to pick your yeah. brain about that some more later. Yeah, those poor little chicks, though. I mean, I think it's a little stressful to go through the mail. <laughs> but they, they're, they, I take care of them once they come. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Bethany, do you want to introduce yourself for a minute? Um, Sure. I'm Bethany. I've been married to my husband, David, for um like 11 years. Let me think. Yeah, I'll be 12 this summer. And we have three kids. Um, they're eight, six, and one. And uh, my husband grew up here in Hickory, and I'm a transplant from Seattle. But I've also lived all over the country, like literally several major cities. But I really feel at home in Hickory. So I love it here. Um, let's see. I play the piano and um, and also the flute and saxophone and singing choir and did handbells and marching band and uh, piano accompanying for vocalists and colleges and choirs. And I just love music. Um, and I also love my chickens. And 
uh, my kids and I, I stay at home with my kids and I homeschool and I also love coffee a lot and I could keep going, but <laughs> yeah, the I coffee feel like thing. I'm with you on that for sure. <laughs> Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I with our kids all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of explore the whole music part with you, which I'm glad you already talked about that in the introduction because that's some yeah. of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah. So I've heard you play the piano and you're very talented. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of your journey into music, like how you began studying and what interested you about that? Yeah, my mom, um, she, let's see, she was a violinist in the St. Louis Philharmonic and she studied music education at the University of Illinois and she's very into music. So we always had, um, what was it? A baby grand, no studio grand in our house. It was very nice. Um, and so I grew up hearing her play. Um, when I was eight, um, I was hearing her play a song by Chopin, um, the Nocturne in E flat. I think that's, I don't know if it has a, another name, but it's very beautiful. And he has a lot of jazzy little runs and things. And um, that song uh, just really, it's so beautiful. And that's what drew me into the music actually. So yeah. And then as I grew up in a Christian home, I was not actually a believer. So music and worship weren't the same thing as much to me, unfortunately, in my heart, uh, just to be honest, even though I did play with my mom sometimes at church as a child. But um, after I became a Christian, well, okay, before I became a Christian, music was really, it was definitely a beauty aspect and, and, um, and, but it was also kind of a way to show off. And when I became a Christian, music became a way to show who God is um, and worship. So playing on worship teams. The Lord has really expanded my abilities from just like reading music to actually being able to improvise and play chords along with a band. (laughs) And, um, that has been the most beautiful experience in music for me now. But, um, another reason I got so into music was because, um, it is very therapeutic for anybody because it engages so many of your senses at the same time. So, um, Uh, You've had Missy on here talking about anxiety and I also struggle with anxiety and I have, um, you know, some sensory issues. I'm very sensitive in my hearing and that can be a weakness and a strength. And in music, it's a strength to have sensitive hearing. So, but it engages, you know, my sight, um, my touch. I'm forgetting my senses right now because I'm recording a podcast, but not your smell (laughs) and your taste. Yeah. Not your your sight, your your touch and your hearing. Yeah. Yes. And, um, it's just very, it really, you had a post on Facebook or something about when you struggle with anxiety or any other problems, focusing on one thing really helps your brain and like adult coloring, I think was your example, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pianos like that. And I just huge plug for kids learning music right here, but I didn't even realize until like I got in my thirties that the Lord had provided music before I even knew him to help me just emotionally as I grew up, um, to cope with the emotions, especially of teenage emotions, like seriously, teenage emotions (laughs) and music is a really good combination. So, yes. Okay. That was a really long answer. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I have some more questions, but I am going to say, 
I had, I had to play the piano. Like my mom made me do it. But as a teenager, right. I really enjoyed it. And I'm still not that great. My hands are very small. So it's hard for me to hit the big chords and everything. Oh, but yeah. as a teenager, I really enjoyed coming home, especially when I had a, a lot of emotions and just pulling out the music that I liked and just mm-hmm. playing it. And um, there's something about music that's a language that words don't quite get to. So whether it was playing music yeah. or whether it was listening to music or whether it was dancing, I mean, I really think there was a lot of music stuff that, I mean, that helps me now too, but especially as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I relate to that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So did you study it in yeah. college? Uh, yeah, I minored in um, piano. Okay. Um, yeah, I went to Moody Bible Institute. So they do music a little differently there. They call it their sacred music department, at least when I was there. Um, they've had a lot of changes. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I took, you know, a lot of piano lessons and had to practice a certain number of weeks and stuff for that. And weeks, hours, hours a week. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite kind of music? Like, do you have a kind of genre or a band that you like? Um, like for listening? Well, let's say for listening and also for playing. Okay. Oh, yeah. you had, This was the one question I had a hard time thinking about because <laughs> there's so many amazing kinds of music. Um, you just list as many really as you hard. want. Yeah. I mean, as a new believer, there were several Christian rock bands that just meant the world to me. Um uh, what is uh, Ten Shekel Shirt? Their album Much just rocked my world. And then DC Talks Jesus Freak album. And oh, yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman's Speechless album. These all came out like right when I became a Christian. And it was just um, foundational for me to hear that music was really good for me. I don't I didn't care if it was copying non-Christian bands, um, you know, in their style and their sound, um, because it was just glorifying to Jesus and it just meant the world to me. Um, uh, so yeah, um, that's definitely, I still love that album. I was listening to it today. <laughs> Which um, one? 10 Shekel Shirt, Much. Oh yeah. Um, there's one song on there, Healer, that is just, the lyrics and the music just really help you express, like, turning from idolatry of what people think about you to turning the, to worshiping God and caring about what he thinks about you. It's a really beautiful song, so healer by tension shirt and but anyway that's my favorite for listening um I'm, I'm more old school with that but with my friends at church my favorite things to play are the modern worship songs by you know there's a lot of bigger churches like elevation worship and hillsong and bethel and all that and they have their doctrinal controversies but the songs themselves are are pretty solid so i love um modern praise with a with a band there's a lot of electric guitar and drums and all that that band combination really expresses god's power and and our emotions of worship for him so i love that but then in the classical realm um mozart is just wonderful because i just feel like i'm listening to somebody he just like has all these really cool little tunes busting out of his head Mozart did and um it's just so happy and perky Mozart mm-hmm. stuff and so I feel like uh you know the beginning of Bambi when it's springtime and all the animals are born and they're all hopping around and there's this perky little yeah. song <laughs> it just kind of feels yeah. like that when I play Mozart and then Chopin is just really melodramatic I really liked Chopin a lot more as a teenager when I was going through some heartbreak and things like that so I would <laughs> recommend 
Shokan for that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like that answers your question. Yes, it did. Yeah. Okay. So Mozart, okay. you know, is really, they always say, oh, if you want your kids to be smart, you should listen to Mozart. Like classical in general, mm-hmm. but Mozart's always the one that they come back to that's always listed the most. Do yeah. you know why that is? Like, is there a certain pattern or rhythm to his music that's helpful or do you know? Um, I uh, like my best guess is because Mozart takes the regular major scale that we always start learning when we play piano and he just makes it really, really fun. And if you practice oh. your scales, then you can just like you can hear the major scale in all of his tunes but somehow he makes it more fun but Bach is the same way and a lot of people say that about Bach too or Bach as they (laughs) pronounce it I don't yeah um but honestly like all classical music would have I wonder why I honestly think that's the only answer I have for Mozart in particular but Bach Beethoven and Brahms you know um are definitely the some of the big three too so awesome Okay, so you're the mom of three children, mm-hmm. and I'm a mom of four, and we know each other in real life, not just yeah. on this podcast. Um, and so what I wanted to talk to you about today, besides music, was uh, parenting, and specifically yeah. parenting a child who it sees the world differently. Right. So I, have, I know that one of your sons has been diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear you talk about it, I'm always really impressed with your perspective. So I want to be careful about how we talk about this, first of all, to respect you and his privacy. Right. But I know that there are a lot of moms and family members of people who are on the spectrum who can relate mm-hmm. or who haven't yet been through the diagnosis process and all that kind of stuff. Can you share right. about how your family like came to find out? that he had autism or how that came about? Sure. Yeah. Um, The way that um, we really figured out that my son, there was something different about him is when I'm I'm trying to think it came to a head when I was actually on Pinterest and there was a little infograph that had all these little pictures, a collection of like nine or 12 pictures of somebody like these stick figures and it would say things like unaware of danger or laughing at awkward moments or not understanding nonverbal communication and stuff like that. And I read, I looked at all those little pictures and I just realized, wow, that is him. And, um, it was earth shattering and really sad because you worry about their future and your whole focus of parenting is making sure your child has a future that they can function in society. And so it's very, it can be very hard when you realize that because the word autism has a huge stigma to it. Yeah. Um, but then through the process, I, I looked back on, he was only three at the time when we realized this. Um, and, uh, so I looked back and I realized there were several times where he missed milestones, but he's, he's very high functioning, but his communication, he was always behind his, especially nonverbal, um, and speech, you know, his speech was behind, um, was very scripted or like echolalia and scripted. That's kind of one of those words you can, I don't know how to define it right now, but I don't want to get off track, but, uh, yeah. So, um, the pediatrician that I saw at the time had said, 
oh, it's, he's just a boy and boys don't talk as quickly as girls. But by the time he was three, it was kind of obvious he needed speech therapy. So we were looking to speech therapy. And then I found that infograph at the same time. And so the problem was at, the, at that same month, we were also moving to another state and his little brother was one and very spirited. So it's just a lot of <laughs> a lot going on. Um, and I also was having, you know, my first experience with like postpartum depression, anxiety, having that diagnosis and, you know, getting over myself and taking meds for it. And so I had a lot going on and my um, goodness, it was, it was yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, and we moved a couple times in those last couple years, but the Lord actually moved us to Georgia where you grew up in the area, um, in Atlanta area, but we lived, I think on the other side of Atlanta, but there was a really good doctor there. So we had him see a developmental pediatrician who did a very long evaluation that was several hours long. And she was very supportive and helpful to us personally, as well as like to him and giving us direction with therapy and stuff like that. So even though we only lived in Atlanta for like maybe a year, um, I know God had a reason for it now in hindsight, because um, we were connected with just the right therapy. And I even, I went back to work for a short period of time there and I had a coworker, Keisha. I don't know if you're listening to this, Keisha, but um, she really helped me feel more grounded and not alone in the diagnosis process um because she also has a child on the autism spectrum and so it was just really great um to have her in my life so (laughs) she was actually my supervisor at kroger starbucks (laughs) well that is a good thing yeah oh yeah so that was how many years ago would you say um oh my gosh five years ago okay wow Okay, time flies. <laughs> so a lot of things have changed since then, like where you live. How do you think it yeah. affects or changes the way that you parent? Um, well, I can't, I can't take anything he says or does right at face value, even if he says something personally accusatory to me, because he's just struggling that much more to express his feelings, and he needs... He needs me to advocate for him and help him learn how to use his words and express, you know, it's, it, it's a struggle for him to express himself and, and that's okay. It's a struggle for anybody to express themselves, but, um, I have to really take a step back and not take things personally, um, with, you know, that's a whole new world I'm actually stepping into (laughs) these days. Um, but That, you know, uh, the other part of it is just reaching out for help in the community. Um, I've not always been a fan of the saying, it takes a village, Um, you know, but it does when you have a child on the autism spectrum, you need, he was in speech therapy for three or four years. He graduated out of it. He's higher functioning. Um, but he also, he does do occupational. There, There is behavioral and physical therapy that we looked into, but it just didn't work out for us at the time. But um, reaching out for help um, is a big one and not being afraid to reach out for help. And um, and it's, it's I, I don't want to like, um, we, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Bible college and seminary community 
And there was a lot of discipleship and talk on parenting in those communities. And they have a lot of amazing godly principles and biblical principles in those community, but they're not always as informed about special needs. Like they, they'll just say, oh, except for if you have a child with special needs. And um, there's not as much there for that. There is more, but if you're in a seminary type setting and you're in a parenting class, they're not going to talk about special needs and you can't, you just can't parent like everybody around you does. You have to be willing to like go against the grain. <laughs> and, and the, one of the things about it that's also is like, if I'm in public and, you know, they're screaming, <laughs> I'm not embarrassed anymore <laughs> because it's just like a fact of parenting in general. But with a child on the autism spectrum, you have to really just be okay with looking weird and getting stares at times. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so yeah, so a lot of patience and grace, humility to ask for help. You know, all the stuff that we go through anyway as Christians, but it's just, um, and as parents, obviously, but it's just, um, it goes on longer. You know, the, the toddler-like phase where they're more of a danger to themselves and they don't understand everything. That's just more, usually it lasts a lot longer if you have a kid, you know, on the autism spectrum. So like ev every milestone has been hit way later and I've had to be okay with that because it's just what's best for him and yeah. we can't force him too early you know to ride a bike or you know um he potty trained a lot later and you know stuff like that but once he gets it he gets it and I just have to do it his way I have to step into his world I really have to step into his world I can't just expect him to act like his brother or everybody else so yeah. And, and one of the biggest ways it changed how I parent was um, it made me really sure that homeschooling was the best thing for him. It's not the best thing for every parent and every child and every phase of life. But um, I had to try everything. And I had to try, you know, he, he's done a lot of group classes. And then he's done a lot of one on one stuff. And the one on one stuff always sticks and the group stuff doesn't. And we just have to do what we have to do for him, you know. So, um, it works out well. So yeah. anyway, I hope all that makes sense. Yeah, um, it does. Um, what are some of the gifts that you noticed come along with his, I don't know how to say that. What, <laughs> what you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are some of the gifts that oh, come along with autism? Yeah, there's a lot. I love this question because, so <laughs> let's see. When he was four, we were sitting in the Wendy's drive-thru, and he just goes, always fresh, never frozen beef. And we're like, <laughs> what? You know how to read? <laughs> like, it's like he just learned how to read literally through osmosis. And we remember, you know, when he was one, he would just, he just knew instantly all of his shapes, numbers, letters, colors. It was just like fast. It was like he skipped preschool. Um, and, and it's like, he has this amazing memory. Um, and so, you know, we have a lot of memory-based schoolwork that he does and he's just amazing at it. Um, and, um, he has a really good ear. Um, like he's always echoed back or scripted 
lines from shows, but he'll do it with the exact vocal inflections. Like it sounds like a recording. Um, and so that translates over to music as well. We just started music. We don't know where that's going to go, but he did a Piedmont percussion group. Uh, shout out to them. They're amazing. Um, so he did that and he did really, he did really good with the rhythm and every, every subject in school, he's really brilliant. Um, and I'm able to draw that out of him a lot when we homeschool. Cause I just know I, it's in there and I draw it out and it's just amazing when you see it. So um reads with the expressive level of like a fourth grader even though he's he's in text second grade technically right now um but in first grade it was the fourth grade level so like <laughs> he will just read and, and i'm like you're reading this for the first time and you sound like you're acting it out like on stage and it sounds really amazing so i love that side of him um yeah so that's definitely He's he's intellectually gifted. It's not as stereotyped as like the Rain Man movie and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing with anyone on the autism spectrum. They just have they always have some gifting in some specific area. Um, and we're still trying to figure out like what area that would be. But he's just he's very creative and very sweet and he's very artistic and very right brained. So he'll take found objects in a room and arrange them in like a collage of some sort and it's just the coolest thing to look at and I take pictures of them <laughs> I feel like I'm looking at a more organized I spy book yeah and um and, and he'll he'll put things all in a row that seem to be unrelated but they're actually look really beautiful together so I mean he just has definitely has a, a really cool brain um with the way he classifies things so that's um, really cool i think yeah i think that's all i wanted to say about that but i could go on <laughs> yeah do you um, have any resources that you would recommend or that have been helpful for you let me think um i don't see it, it's hard i it's an emotional topic for me so it's always hard to like I don't recommend <laughs> autism moms just to like watch the movies about them. Right. Um, right. Cause you'll just sit there being a puddle of tears, ugly crying the whole time. It took me like oh. four sessions to get through the temple Grandin movie. But, <laughs> um, and that is it. That's more informative for people that don't really have, um, have to deal with it in a, on a personal level. Um, right. those movies are good for awareness, but they're not good for parents. But the best resource by far has been, um, an occupational therapist, like asking them questions. They're always there. They love helping parents. And they, the more parents are involved with the occupational therapy process, the, the more successful the kid will be and the more motivated the therapist is. And I've asked them so many questions and they have always been so helpful and supportive. Um, and they've really been some of the, and the speech therapists have been really good too. Um, and so, yeah, I haven't, read as many books on it um as i'd like so i'm sorry i don't have any resources there and then no, honestly, i think that was helpful yeah um the autism speaks website was actually really helpful for me in the beginning uh to just learn more about it but um outside the family that has been the best resource and inside the family like on a therapy level 
the best thing for my son has been his brother in his life, sharing a room with him, talking with him, their best friends. And they draw out sides of each other that they need. Um, they're, they're very different from each other. And so, um, as far as socialization and social skills go, uh, that has been the absolute best is having a brother, even better than all the therapy things we've tried and group classes. (laughs) It's really been the brother has been the best. Oh man, that makes my heart feel warm. (laughs) And the the two of them do have a bond. It's definitely for sure. It's almost like they're twins basically. So yeah. Okay. So I'm going to switch topics for a second. Okay. And ask you, who is somebody that inspires you? Um, well, I, the first person that comes to my mind, I hope I don't cry is my mother-in-law, my husband's mom, who is, I just love her so much. Um, she's just, she's lost a lot of loved ones in her life and she just loves the Lord. She loves her family just as hard as she can and and they are her number one priority and she will go to really great lengths to just spend time with them and I just love that about her um she's always a great listener and she's always really supportive and respectful and the way she raised my husband and their relationship was one of the first things that actually attracted me to my husband because he is a gentleman and he cares. And when I saw like how he was caring for his mom, when she came to visit him from out of town, we were in college. I was like, that's how he's going to treat me for the rest of my life. I'm going to marry him. (laughs) But that's just a (laughs) testament to who she is. Um, So um, she just loves the Lord and a lot. So I really admire her oh she's she's an amazing mom but didn't have how do I put this it's like the Lord made her an amazing mom she she didn't unfortunately didn't have that example for herself so she uh yeah so shout out to I love that yeah I love that Okay, and to close us out today, on every podcast, I ask my guests if they have a favorite scripture passage. Oh, yeah. Is there one that really stands out to you in your life? Yeah, it's really random. Um, (laughs) But in Psalm 65, it talks about um, God sending showers on the earth. and And it basically describes the rain... Can I uh, can I look it up real quick and I have you a Bible can. over here and then yeah because I just love that verse and I just can't even uh, but I'm just spending a lot of time in creation you know with uh, um, with your chickens with my chickens and my <laughs> crazy kids um yeah you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it with the river of God, which is full of water. Um, okay, the passage, I'm sorry. The passage That's is okay. uh, Psalm 65, verse 8 and 9. It just talks about God and 10, verse 10. You crown the year with goodness and your paths drip with fatness. Just God blessing his creation. Um, 
it really testifies to who he is. Like Romans one twenty, you know, the um, creation testifies to his characteristics and, and Psalm 65, 9 and 10 just really, it's very poetic and it just really describes it. And I, I literally see every day in my yard, the rain softening the ground and changing the landscape a little bit. And it's helping like our garden and, um, and it brings the worms up for our chickens to eat, and, you know, and, um, along with that, you know, the passages where it says that, um, you know, the father sees even when the smallest sparrow falls from the ground and yet and they're sold for a penny and we are of more value than they so he sees every little thing and yet loves us the most and you know at the same time where he cares about the smallest little bird in my yard that I'm sad about I, I have a lot of compassion on <laughs> the little animals and God cares as much or more than I do about them and how much more does he care about us and know every hair on our head so yeah so I love that passages. I, it's kind of a, an idea there. Yeah. But anyway. Well, I am relating to that a lot right now because especially while we're at home, I'm taking more time outside to enjoy our yard and planting in the garden yeah. and like working in my flower beds. And, and I've gotten to see a turkey that's shown up in the backyard and the deer wandering <laughs> through. And so, and our chickens, it's just really fun. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to say on the podcast that um, you didn't get a chance to? Um, I mean, I, um, I just, I don't know if this podcast is going to come out during the time of quarantine, but, um, it will. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> you have, we have time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just hope and pray that, you know, anyone who listens to this just, um, that they really find peace with God through Christ and that they, you know, this is a really a time of sifting for all of us and whatever is deep into our hearts is going to come to the surface. And all of us have sin deep in our hearts. That's just coming to the surface probably a lot right now, because the things that we normally pursue are all like shut down and we're all just grumpy and mean <laughs> and yelling and anxious and depressed and, and all the worst stuff is coming out of us. And that now more than ever, we really need to repent and confess our sins and be cleansed by Jesus. And because he promises to cleanse us and renew us and, and pursue him for renewal, you know, every day and let him change us and let, and, and say, I'm sorry, you know, when we sin against our loved ones and ask forgiveness and seek out reconciliation and not try and win an argument, but try and save the relationship. And, and really, I just, I just pray that. And I want that for, for people, um, because, you know, people that, you know, this is going to be a, this is a hard time and things are really crazy in our country and God is doing new things in our churches for sure. And yeah. And this is just, we can't let this time go to waste. This is a time where we can really let God work in our lives and surrender more areas of our lives to him. And I just hope that everyone can, can experience that. So. Yeah. Thank you, friend. Yeah, well, I appreciate thanks. you coming on and talking today. No, well, thanks for I asking me to. I get to talk to you like 
more often, but for sharing with other people too. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, and I love your podcast. Oh, <laughs> thanks. It's well, so encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Thanks again to Bethany for being on the podcast. I so appreciated your time and your heart for your son and for sharing with other people. Thanks so much. Well, friends, if you found this conversation encouraging and there was something about it that resonated with you, feel free to pass it on to someone else in your life who you think also might be encouraged. You can also leave a comment under today's show notes or join the conversation on PRN's Facebook page. You can find Pause Renew Next on our website, pauserenewnext.com, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find the podcast and subscribe on almost any podcasting app. I know a lot of you listen to it through the website, but subscribing definitely has some benefits. As in, you won't miss the next episode because you'll always know when a new one comes out. Well, that's all for today's podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. The podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Jesus.